0: The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at LifeHouseChurch.org. What do you do when you are not enough? I mean, you're good, but you're not good enough. You're strong, but you're not strong enough. You are wise, you're experienced, You're um, trying your best, but it's not enough. Now, some of you, you know I like adventure, and I I shared this story uh, once before in a message, but I feel like it really hits uh, this moment. I got a chance to take my kids. We went out to California, and one of my dreams, like this is kind of like one of my bucket list trips. In fact, the reason I wanted to go to California was to climb Yosemite and do Half Dome. Now, if you're going to do Half Dome, you got to put in for permits, and I got them. Super excited and I planned the trip out. I mean, we actually stayed overnight in a room just right, you know, just a few miles from uh, the access, the trail to uh, Yosemite and the, the, the half-dome spot, so we could get up crazy early, get our stuff packed up, get ready to go, drive out to the trailhead in the middle of the night, and hit the trail, I think, before 5 a.m., and so we did that, me and, and two of my girls, and we had a few family members with us, and we started hiking, and, and the the heartbreaking moment for me, now, we we did great. We got up half dome so you hike several miles I mean it's a pretty arduous climb uh, actually Vernal Falls is probably the most intense part of the climb several hundred steps up uh, and the Falls is splashing against you everything is wet and so you know I'm a little paranoid I mean I got my kids with me I'm made to fall and break their neck I don't want to fall and break my neck but we made it through that and, uh, and then it was pretty smooth, just, just strong climbing until we got to the final ascent. So you have this, uh, you have like, you know, the ha- basically Half Dome, which is you gotta get up to Half Dome and then it's, you know, this really steep, crazy climb. We're using cables. And as we're approaching Half Dome, it gets in my head. I mean, it's starting to get hot and I'm starting to get scared. I've been planning for this trip for over a year, and I'm watching my girls, and they're just, they're just like trekking along on these like really steep like cliff edges. And as I'm watching this, I just feel like, man, something bad is gonna happen. I don't like this. And it's not that I don't feel like I can do it. I'm just worried that we can't do it. And if something happens to one of them, I'm not enough. Like, what am I going to do? Like I, It's not like I can like jump ahead and grab them and hold, you know, like, I, and I felt like there was nothing I could do. If we get up to a spot where something bad happens, I can't rescue them. And it's just started getting in my head. And, and so finally, I mean, we were, we were basically going up the sub dome and we're about halfway up it. We don't really have that much further to go. And I said, guys, I'm sorry, we're not going any further. We're going back. And to this day, I mean, I share that story because that was my moment. I felt like I wasn't enough. I couldn't do enough to keep my kids safe. I couldn't, I, and, I, and I didn't have the confidence that we would make it to the top and back safely. And, and so I just said, I'm sorry, guys, we're turning around. And, and, you know, to see the heartbreak in their faces, because I know they wanted to keep going. And I just couldn't let them. And I wasn't gonna do it alone without them. And so they said, nope, we're all turning around. And we're all going back. And it, and it felt like this return trip of just defeat. And I know that there's moments in your life when you've been hit up against circumstances and situations when you weren't enough. And now I want you to imagine this situation. You have your, your dream vacation planned. Or you got your dream gift. I mean, really a big dream. Maybe, maybe you dream of a boat or this luxury car, or I don't know, maybe it's a luxury toy or a device. And, and it was given to you as a gift and you are so excited. Can you see it? Can you feel it? Like, oh, you go out in the driveway and it's there. All right, and, and now you unwrap it, you take the bow off, maybe the boat, you're gonna back it into the lake, and then you, you turn it on. Or, you, or maybe, you, maybe you hit the remote, the key fob button to start the car. Or maybe the kids, they got their, they got their dream toy, it's a, it's a um, helicopter. That sounds cool. Or your own personal drone. But you go to start it and nothing. It won't start, it won't move, it doesn't drive, the boat won't go. It floats, the boat floats, but it just won't go. Well, what's the problem? Well, the problem is this, you, you don't have any fuel, right? The toy doesn't have a battery. The boat doesn't have gas, the car didn't get charged. One of those goofy electrical cars, right? It, or it ran out of a charge. You were counting on getting gas and the Colonial Pipeline shut down. And I did that, I went to one of the gas stations, there was no gas, and I was like, uh-oh, I waited too long to refuel. At some point, you're going, and what's the problem? There's something missing. And so what do you need, right? You don't need a new toy. You don't need a bigger boat. You don't need a, a, a car with a, a bigger engine. It's that the, you have the car, you have the boat, you have the toy, it needs fuel. Imagine your life. You've unwrapped your life. It's this incredible gift of time and relationships and experiences, and yet you don't have any fuel cells. You don't have any batteries. You don't have any gas tanks. It's like you're given life on E. Always. Always. And so no matter what, at every, every one of us at some point in our life, we'll get to the point where we realize I'm not enough. I have a great car. I have a great um, toy. I have a great device, but I don't have anything. Ch- it's not charged. It's not fueled. It's not powered. What's missing? Colonial Pipeline shut down in my life. So what do you do when you get to the end of yourself and you realize that I am not enough. See, when you do everything that's humanly possible, there are times when you're still facing the impossible. Let me say that again. There are times when you can do everything that's humanly possible, but you're still facing the impossible. We're mowing the lawn, and you run out of gas. It doesn't matter how many times you pull the rope. It's, you don't need to try harder. You don't need to... harder you don't need to keep yanking you don't need to turn it over and repair the engine right the problem is it needs fuel and we all when we when we get to the place where we realize that we are not enough we we recognize that we're missing something but what we're missing is not just something it's a someone in fact. Jesus, toward the end of his journey on earth, he was teaching, and he walked through multiple teachings, and he's talking with them about what it's going to be like later in your life. He's talking to his friends and his followers, and he says, in your life, there's going to be all kinds of troubles. He says, I'm telling you, they're going to mistreat you. (coughs) Excuse me. They're gonna gonna persecute you. There's gonna be people who hate you. You're gonna get to the end of yourself. At some point in this life, all the troubles around you will become troubles in you and you will get to the end of yourself. And so he he wants to encourage them. Let's jump in. It's found in the Gospel of John chapter 14. He says, but do not let your hearts be troubled. (laughs) I've told you all this, but don't let your hearts be troubled. How is that possible? You believe in God, Believe also in me. He goes, look, there's a lot of troubling things around you, but don't let your heart be troubled. How can you avoid being troubled? Well, you believe in God, Jesus said, so believe in me, believe in Jesus. And then he goes on to encourage them. And he says this, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? He goes, look, I'm telling you that the world is crazy around you but I'm gonna leave. In the middle of all the craziness, I'm gonna leave. But I'm not just leaving you. I am going to prepare a place for you. In fact, that's what he says. I will, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and I will take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And, and so he's trying to encourage them, and he's saying, look, one of the ways that you can find courage and encouragement in a crazy world that feels wildly out of control is every once in a while, pause, and remember that there is a place outside of this world prepared for you. That Jesus went to heaven to prepare a place for you. That you're not home yet. That you're living here for a purpose, that you're passing through, that this place is not your final destination. It's like going on a hike and you're 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 on your way, it's a journey. And what Jesus is saying is, he goes, I'm at the other end of the journey, and I'm waiting for you, and I have prepared a place for you. And if I went to prepare a place for you, then I am gonna come again and I'm gonna bring you to me, right? And his point is that when you think about all the troubles around you, remember, this is a hike. This life is a journey. You're not yet where you belong. You're living for eternity. You're not home yet. But Jesus doesn't just conclude with that. He doesn't just say, hey, I wanna encourage you. You're not home yet. Live for eternity. I'm going to prepare a place for you, so be encouraged. He goes, oh, by the way, I know that when I tell you I'm leaving, That scares all of you to death because you want me to stay. He goes like this, verse 16. He goes, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you. And then if you jump down a few verses, he continues, and he explains, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. There it is. Jesus is saying, this is what you need. I want you to know that I am leaving. The world is going to be crazy and chaotic. There's going to be all kinds of trouble around you. And the trouble around you will probably stir trouble in you. But I want you to know that I am going to prepare a place. And while I'm gone, I'm going to give you another who is like me. The advocate, the Holy Spirit. And then he continues, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. That's what we need, right? In the midst of all the troubles, I need peace. I do not give to you as the world gives. My peace is different. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Boy, not really a lot of better verses than this for the seasons we've been walking through. What is the key? What Jesus is challenging us with is this. The answer to the troubles around you is having God's spirit in you. Boy, some of you, you need to screenshot that. Some of you need to write that down. Some of you, you're on your own social media. You need to put that up on your feed in all caps. The answer to the troubles around you is having God's spirit in you. The world is a mess. The world is falling apart. There's all this trouble around me. And when, the, when there's trouble around me, how do I have peace in me? God's spirit in me. We are not enough on our own. We're a device without a charge. We're a toy without batteries. We're a car without fuel. And why is that? Because you and I were born on E. And not just born on E, we were born with a hole in the gas tank. So anything you put in drains out. So maybe, maybe you lean into using entertainment to fuel you and you pour it in. And the moment you pour it in, you try to turn the engine and it, and it turns over a little bit and you start moving and then suddenly you're stalled out again. You try to put relationships into there. You try to put sex or lust in there. You try to put an addiction in there. Whatever you put in, you find that it runs for a little while. And then it runs out. And you find yourself stalled on the side of the road of life, wondering why life doesn't work. And it's because you and I were born on E with no battery packs, no fuel cells, and no fuel in us. And nothing in this world seems to fuel us. And if that's the case, if nothing in this world is able to fuel, then that must suggest that our fuel is otherworldly. We were made to be fueled by something outside of this world. So what is the problem? Well, you and I were born, not just on E, but separated from God because of sin. Sin is a word to describe being spiritually separated from God and living a life separated from God. And not just separated from God, but headed in the wrong direction of God. And so if our life does run, it runs away from God. And the challenge with sin is that that's what's putting the hole in our fuel tank. And so we live on empty, and anything we put in empties us. And haven't you noticed that? Even the best things of life seem to drain rather than fuel. They empty us out rather than filling us up. You can go on vacation, and every one of us do this. We come home from vacation and we say, I need a vacation from my vacation. How is that possible? Because life doesn't fuel, life drains. You get into a relationship that you thought was going to fuel you, and eventually you discover it doesn't work like that. It never does. There's no relationship that can fuel an empty tank, and there's no relationship that, ever, that can ever continue to fuel a tank that has a hole in it. No, because you were, your life was designed to be fueled by God. In fact, he put a God-shaped tank inside of every one of us that only he can fill, and only he can fuel, and only he can satisfy. And so what does Jesus do? Jesus is teaching, but he's not just teaching. He invites us to a new way of living. He said, I've come that you can have a life. Not just have life, but you can have it abundantly. So Jesus comes and he gives his life as the sacrificial payment for a life of sin, because sin, Leads to not just death, but forever judgment. And so Jesus takes our forever judgment on himself. He dies in our place once for all. So that when he died, he paid for our, our, the penalty for our sin. He purchases our forgiveness. But Jesus not only dies, he rises from the dead. And in his resurrection, he offers new and forever life. Okay, so when I believe in Jesus, I am forgiven and given new life. How do I receive new life? Does, you know, maybe sometimes you grew up in a church and you heard a term like, well, you, you ask Jesus into your heart. Let me just say that that's not what's happening. The person of Jesus doesn't actually come in like your physical heart. You are an eternal being. There's, there's an invisible, eternal part of who you are. And the eternal invisible Spirit of God comes and lives in your eternal invisible Spirit. And when God's Spirit comes into your spirit, He brings new life and forever life so that you and I are now tapped into the source of life and the fuel of life. Now, if you've been running on E, or you feel like there's a place, there's places in your life where you are not enough. Welcome to the family. (laughs) You're among good friends because every one of us have been there and are there regularly. And so I want you to begin by connecting to the fuel of faith in Jesus Christ and allowing God's spirit to come into your spirit. If you're making that commitment right now, would you let someone know? Would you let us know? Text the name Jesus to 81411. And when you make that commitment and you let us know, one of our pastors will follow up with you and just encourage you as you begin this new journey of faith in Jesus Christ. Again, text the name Jesus to 81411. Now, I want to be clear. This is the beginning step. This is like tapping, it's like it's like having batteries put into your life. It's like having your fuel tank filled for the very first time. Now, Jesus is now the Jesus is in your life because he gives his spirit to you. But this is an ongoing journey. In fact, Jesus said it this way: listen, this is really important. Jesus said, I have to leave. It's better if I go. In fact, let me jump in. John chapter 16, verse six and seven. He goes, rather you are filled with grief because I have said these things. He goes, because I told you I was leaving. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Now before I move on and keep reading, I wanna challenge you. If you had to choose between having God's spirit in you, And being able to spend every day with the person of Jesus, which would you choose? Well, the disciples, they said, no, 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 we want Jesus. We want the person of Jesus. Jesus, we want you to stay here. And he goes, no, no, no. It is for your good that I am going because it's better for you that I go. Because why? Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. If you have me, you can't have the Holy Spirit also. So he goes, But if I go, I will send him to you. He said, it's really important that I leave because you having the Holy Spirit is more important than having me with you. Why? Because when you have Jesus, you have Jesus with you. But when you have the Holy Spirit, you have God in you. Jesus with you can't fuel you, but the Holy Spirit in you fuels you, fills you, and whatever fills, yeah. spills. All right, whatever fills, spills. If, if I lack love, I need love in me to spill out of me. Well, guess where you get unlimited love? The Holy Spirit. If, if I can't forgive, that bitterness fills and spills. If I tap into the Holy Spirit, he forgives, his forgiveness is in me, and then his forgiveness spills out of me. So what Jesus is challenging us with is simply this. God's Holy Spirit must be welcomed in. We we have a phrase within LifeHouse, we say, welcome home. And we say it to each of you, those of you joining us online, those of you joining us in Hagerstown and Chambersburg, we say, welcome home. And what that means is, come on in. You're our guests of honor. You're part of the family now. Right? You, 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 what is ours is yours. Come on in. The Holy Spirit wants that same invitation. When you believe in Jesus by faith, you're welcoming God's Holy Spirit in. But every day, develop a habit, a pattern of saying, Holy Spirit, I welcome you in my life today. I welcome you into my schedule. I welcome you into my finances. I welcome you into my marriage. So first I've got to open my life. Imagine your life like having a door and I've got to, you could lock it from the inside, right? And so when the Holy Spirit comes, he doesn't just kind of blow through the door. He wants an open door Into your life. And so Jesus is is compelling the disciples. It's good that I leave. Because unless I leave. The Holy Spirit won't come. And it's better that you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a force. And he won't force himself in. He is not a power. He is a person. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to be close to you. He wants to be welcomed in to your life. Nobody wants to feel like they have to force their way in. I mean, I don't wanna feel like I have to uh, invite myself over your house, right? Like that, that's awkward. So what the Holy Spirit does is in a similar gentleman-like way, he doesn't force himself in, he waits to be welcomed in. And your challenge is that if I want fuel in my life, if I wanna be filled with strength, when I recognize I'm not enough, I welcome in the Holy Spirit. Maybe, maybe some of you right now, this would just be a pause moment. Maybe for you, it's a whisper. Holy Spirit, I welcome you in. Could you pray that? Don't worry, this, this doesn't have to be awkward. It's just a moment. Holy Spirit, I welcome you in my life. Maybe, maybe you've had a relationship with God for a very long time, or you've known of God, but it's not been a close and intimate relationship. Welcome him in. Maybe there's spaces and places in your life where you've been keeping the Holy Spirit out, or maybe there's some spaces and places where other things have filled up your life. Maybe there's bitterness filling up that bedroom where a marriage is not flourishing. Well, you gotta be willing to open the door, let the bitterness out, and invite the Holy Spirit in. And trust me, as the Holy Spirit comes in, he, he doesn't want to share the bedroom with anybody. He don't want to share the bedroom with rejection. He doesn't want to share the bedroom with bitterness. He doesn't want to share the bedroom with unforgiveness and hate and hurt. So as He comes in, He begins to push out all of the filth and the yuck and the pain and the past. You, you want the past to be healed? Let the Holy Spirit in. But you got to welcome Him in. Which means you give Him full reign and full room. And if I'm going to give him full room, then I have to yield to him, which means this, like right? If you think about yielding on a highway, some of you, you're not very good at yielding. You, you don't understand because you're like me, you're from New York. And so yielding means punch it as hard as you can and just pull in front of whoever you have to, right? That's not really the way the whole, relation of the Holy Spirit works. Relation of the Holy Spirit works like this. I come in behind him. I slow down my life to let him get out in front. And there there are some places and spaces in your life where you need to slow down your pace to let the Holy Spirit come in and welcome him in to those spaces and places. Yield and give him the right of way. Let Let me jump back into the passage. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, the advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Let me, let me make sure you don't miss this. Jesus is saying, I'm going to send you another who is like me. We, we believe in the Trinity of God, which means there is one God who has revealed himself in three persons. Each of the persons of the Godhead are unique, distinct, and necessary. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus said, I have to return back to the Father so I can send the Holy Spirit, the other who is like me, who is an advocate, the Spirit of truth. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. In you. Do you see this? The key is, right now, we're with you, but he wants to be in you so that he makes you more than enough. I will not leave you as orphans, Jesus said. I will come to you. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. He's saying, look, here's the thing. When I leave, what you're going to discover is that the Holy Spirit will come in your life. And when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you're going to realize that when I go to heaven, me and the Father are one. There's one true God who has revealed himself as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And my Spirit's going to come into your life, and he's going to transform your life. He's going to give you strength and hope and healing and power and counsel and guidance and teaching. He's going to lead you. He's going to walk with you. He's going to give you peace peace in the midst of the storms, and you're going to discover in those moments that I am with you. The key is this, that we're invited to live the Spirit-filled life. It's not just receiving something. It's living a life that the Spirit fills. And what fills, spills. And then sometimes as you go through life, it feels like your life is being drained and you need to be refilled. What does it mean to live a spirit-filled life? It means that you allow God's spirit to lead you. Some of you, you have a really hard time letting anyone lead you. Maybe you have authority issues. Authority issues will get in the way of your relationship with God because he knows best. And when you live the spirit-filled life, you yield and you let him lead Not only let him lead, let him guide. Trust his plan, trust his direction, trust his ways. Let him guide your decisions and your decision making. Let him teach you. Let him him teach you truth. In a world where it's really hard to know what's true, let the Spirit of God fill you to give you a deep inner confidence of truth guided by discernment. Let let the Holy Spirit of God, as you read His Word, illuminate His Word, so that you begin to understand the world around you. You you understand better how relationships work. You understand your relationship in a very broken world. Why? Because you're living a Spirit-filled life where God's Spirit is guiding you and leading you and teaching you truth. He will counsel you in your suffering. When you're hurting, Yes, sometimes you need to go to a counselor. Sometimes you need to talk to a pastor. But you know what you need most? The Holy Spirit. I had an experience recently. I was whining. And I'm not much of a whiner, but I was whining. I felt like there was something missing in my life, and the something was a someone. I felt like I just... Needed someone to encourage me. And I was kind of complaining about how I didn't have someone in my life who would just speak into me and encourage me. And I was thinking about people in the past who had done that for me. And I remember I was out on a jog. I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Patrick, I've put people in your life to be that for you because you couldn't hear it from me. But all along, it was always me speaking to you through them. It's about time that you don't need someone else to be the someone of my spirit in your life. You don't need to hear it from anybody else. You need to hear it from me. And that's what I would encourage you right now. You need, you need counseling? Go to the Holy Spirit. You need guidance? Go to the Holy Spirit. You need wisdom? The Holy Spirit. Truth? The Holy Spirit. You need healing in your marriage? The Holy Spirit. Now, does that mean you can't ask for prayer? Does that mean you can't talk to a pastor? Does that mean you're not going to counseling? No, that's, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, though, is it's the Holy Spirit through anyone and everyone that's at work, in and through your life. What you need most is a Spirit-filled life. Stop depending on anyone and everyone to fuel and fill what only God can fill. And if you could get this... There is no limitation to what God can do in and through your life. Because wherever you're not enough, God's Spirit is more than enough. You lack wisdom, Holy Spirit gives wisdom without ever looking down on you. You lack understanding, the Holy Spirit offers understanding. You, you're, you're someone who's driven by fear, the Holy Spirit will come and he will give you faith and courage and help you to overcome that fear. Everything you lack is found in the person of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? You don't need me to pray for you. You don't need a pastor to pray. You don't need anyone to do anything right now. You just need to meet God. And this is not just a a weekend service moment. This isn't just something you pray over a meal or in a crisis situation. I want you to develop a lifestyle of living in relationship with God where you walk by faith in God's Spirit and you live this Spirit-filled life on a daily basis. Trust me, your life will begin to be transformed. Holy Spirit, that's what we need. Holy Spirit, would you meet us right now? For those that are joining us and they're they're watching through a screen, Holy Spirit, you're not limited by a screen. They're in a different nation. They're in a different state. Holy Spirit, you're not limited by space and distance. Would you meet them right now? God, I pray that there's some that they need to repent and be forgiven. There's some that are living in fear and you need to fill their hearts with faith, there's some that have been paralyzed by addiction and life-controlling habits, and God, right now they need to meet you and be set free. God, all across this place and this space and to anyone and everyone joining us, I pray that they would encounter you right now. Listen to me. Well, Some of you will finish this moment. You'll say, well, where is God? Because God is a gentleman. He's not a force and He won't force His way in. I'm gonna challenge you to unlock the door of your life right now to the person of the Holy Spirit. And and so we're gonna invite you to join us in communion. It's a 2,000 year old tradition of the church given by Jesus where we remember Jesus' death. And and so we have the, the cup and we have the bread, the wafer is representative of Jesus' broken body, the cup representative of his spilled blood. And, and Jesus said, it, um, every time you eat this bread or you drink this cup, do this in remembrance of me. He, here, here's why I bring this up. Not just because we're gonna have communion together, but those of you joining online at each of our campuses, but because this is the unlocking. This is a chance for you to look in at your heart. Is there anything getting in the way of me and God? Is there any bad attitude? Zerni, sin separating me from God. And so right now, I want you to prepare your heart. Before you just take communion, we'll, we'll lead you in the communion moment. But before you do that, just take a moment looking at your heart. Let the Holy Spirit of God speak and show you if there's spaces and places where you've been keeping him out. And maybe repentance is appropriate. Maybe a, an invitation, a Holy Spirit welcome in is appropriate. But let him speak to you. Make sure your heart is ready before we take communion together. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.